Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Chassidus in the morning, Kunches of Tefillah. We're going near the end of here. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And we have Hashem when we finished, so we'll finish to the end of until Yud, which means we did the full cycle. Hashem will have a Ferengen some point after that, and also we'll, have, we'll continue going till the end, so we'll see it in context of everything. The first time we learned it, not necessarily was in the context, but now we have this background information in the context. <clears throat> okay, so we're on the bottom of page 64. Yeah, and we were discussing, and now that we've understand, understood, essentially, we understood this concept of Das and how to learn Chassidus in a way that it's, it's relevant to us. So then, we did, and not just thinking about the intellectual concepts of the Maimon, but how it's related to us, meaning realizing what's the forest and not getting caught up in the trees. And so therefore, we discussed in yesterday's class that what happens if you don't, if, if you don't do that properly, or when you finish doing that, you sort of, you meaning, meaning you, you focus a little too much on the trees and not the forest. And then you say, so what's the, what's the takeaway message? So actually, what do I need it? Like, I need it. I've learned chassidus needs to be something that I live with, that is living chassidus. I need to live with it. So what can I live with? So he's saying that's it's a good step, but it's not the ultimate because because it won't last a long lasting. Meaning meaning it shouldn't be two separate things. One is I learn, and one is is a take home message. But it should be a process. Like we talked about learning a sikh in the rabbi, you could come and turn to the back, you turn to the end of the sikh, and. Um, one second. You can turn to the end of the sikha and just see what's the take-home message. But it's not gonna it's not gonna affect you as much as the process as, as learning it through the sikha. Because there's a reason why the Rebbe didn't just put it in the end. So that process makes it more powerful. And that's having that dust. So now within one reach. So this is a beautiful, today is a very beautiful class. So today is going to talk about, basically you're going to come and say to yourself, ah, oh, listen, I know who I am. I know what I'm holding. And this is not shy to me. I'm, I'm totally not in the realm. This is not in the realm of my reality. So he's going to come and, um, and negate that. Within one's reach. So a person should not wonder, how can he possibly achieve such a lofty level of Avedo? So we're going to say to ourselves, how can I reach such a level? Connect to the godly essence in the chassidus. Like, who am I? Only to an individual who hasn't yet attempted this genuine service does it appear remote and unattainable. So he's saying, it only sounds unattainable if you haven't tried. But once you try, you'll see, actually, it's not that, diff- not that difficult. The schemes of one's yetzer play a part in this too. For not desiring such service, it interjects with a dissenting plaint based on false modesty. So the Yetzirah, he comes in to help you put yourself down and make it and make it sound unattainable because he doesn't want you to attain it. But if you do, then your whole life will change. And then suddenly your Judaism will be alive and on fire. You'll be getting up and different in the morning and you'll be wanting to dive in and, and you'll be start to have the conversation with the Yetzirah and say, hey, what are you doing? Who's talking? 
So he doesn't want to deal with that. So what does he do? He goes, how can you possibly, top of 66, how can you possibly aspire to such an exalted service of God? A service that altogether exceeds your spiritual stature. We know who we are. We know where we're holding. You don't, you think it's shy such a thing? You think you can actually do this? This is a, look what you did last night. Look what you're going to do the rest of the day. You, I know you. You're not shy for this. Why strive for something beyond yours? Why go to try to reach something that's not even, you're never going to reach there. You're a nobody. This is what the HR comes and tells us. And he comes and tells us this book. This book is for Hashab. This book is for people that meditate for an hour. You're going to meditate for an hour? What are you talking about? What are you just fooling yourself? I'll, leave, I'll let you read it, but, but to actually try to apply this? What are you going to apply? You're a nobody. And this is what the HR comes tells us things, Bechulo and, and et cetera, things like this. So what is he saying? Truth, however, such service is neither beyond nor distant from a person at all. On the contrary, it is close to anyone who possesses a mind and a heart. It's beautiful. The Rav Hashab says the only thing you need, two things. You have a brain, you can think, you have emotions, you feel. Good, done. That's all you need. You don't need to be a smart person. You don't need to be a Baal Avedo. You don't need to be on such a high level. You just need a brain and a heart. A person has the ability to concentrate deeply on a concept and to attach himself to it. And we have the ability to connect with the godliness in the Maimon. We can connect it. We can have a feeling for the Maimon. We can have a, a Judaism full of life and full of, full of emotion. He possesses the strength and capacity to bind himself to the essence of the godliness comprehended in, by his mind, especially since his super, his supernal kindness. Since in his supernal kindness, meaning in God's supernal kindness, God turns to anyone who truly turns to him. Like we said, I think I also said it before, that, that you put in the effort, you're going to get. God will be nice. We did say it before in chapter maybe uh, 11. One of the, yeah, I think it was 11 with the, with the five steps that you ask Hashem to help and he'll help. You for sure gain. So for sure, if you try, you have a mind, a heart, you're good. You can do it. So when one forges a strong bond, he will, he will obtain the aforementioned spiritual sense perception and ecstasy in both his mind and his heart. So when you try, you'll get it, you'll feel it, and it'll work. To be sure, tremendous trouble is required. So he's saying, but don't think that I'm saying it's, it's just, you know, you do it on one foot. It takes effort, it takes time. You have to put in, you have to put in. But this is most definitely not beyond him. Yes, you have to put in effort, but it's for sure not impossible. A person must not be lax though in exerting himself by exerting his mind to understand concept and to absorb himself in it. So you can't be, you can't be lazy and say, oh, it's not working. You have to put in the effort, but for sure it's possible. And as is known, it is far easier to exert one's mind than one's heart. And even more to, to transform the way we feel is much more difficult, but to, but to think certain things is much easier. For each and every person possesses control of his mind, as explaining Tanya. Chapters 12 and 17, we have the ability to control our minds, control our thoughts, what we're going to think about. So consequently, this form of Aveda, binding oneself to the concept of, of, of binding oneself to the concepts, essential godliness is far easier. So it's much easier to think about what we're meant to think about versus the emotions, but the emotions will come. If we bind ourselves, we think about the godly concept, what's the moment trying to tell us? What's, what, what are we meant to be learning from this? When we connect ourselves to that, the mind will come after, the heart will come afterwards. And by applying oneself, one can readily achieve such service in, in consonance with the saying, if one declares, I have toiled and I've been successful, believe him. So he's saying, for sure, we can, have, we can have it. As long as you realize, as long as you put in the effort, for sure, 
you can get it, no problems. This is a very powerful message that he's teaching us. And as we're coming near the end, he's, he's showing us this important point that we can do it. We can have this type of feeling. We can connect ourselves to the Maimon. And we can have that, that impact the Maimon has on us, the Das impact. We're connected to the godliness of it, which will help our Torah mitzvahs and our wanting to dive in and our learning of this and things like this. The, solu- the solution, bottom of 66. To facilitate contemplation during prayer, as described above, a person is advised to habituate himself and concentrating deeply on a concept at other times of the day as well. So now he's saying in order to be able to do it during davening, which really, you know, like, like we're saying here, don't get caught up that if I can't do it during davening, I don't have enough time to do it during davening, so I can't do it. I, I don't do it during davening. I don't have time to do it during davening. But I, I didn't check out the book. I still learn it. I still connect with it. And, and he's saying you can do this at other times as well. In other words, he ought to de- designate a time for about an hour or two during which to concentrate earnestly and thoroughly on a given concept of chassidus while he's secluded. So he's saying this is the ultimate. Especially in those times, an hour or two, maybe, you know, we should reach this. It'd be great. But practically, whatever you can do, you do. Spend some time. Try to think about it. You know, it could be while you're walking to work, you're thinking about it. It could be while you're sitting at home before break. Anytime you can find. So just try sometimes thinking about a, a concept that you've learned. And, and it could be, like I've talked about plenty of times, you know, that it could be you need to learn something first. You need to think about it. But it, this is the perfect place. If we're learning this and you're learning this, you're reading this. So you read it over and you think about it. And then you think about it. And then during the day, think about it in your mind. So what did we say today? What does that mean? And, and, and it's, it's two points. One is, do I remember what we talked about? And secondly, more importantly, but you need to do the first. But more importantly is, how does that relate to me? How can I relate that to myself? Top of 68. Over the course of time, after continuous practice, it will be easy for him to prolong his meditation to concentrate deeply during these prayers. And the more you do it, the more the easier it will become. In the manner outlined above, the light will then radiate in both his mind and heart, as noted above, and will bring salvation to his soul, as will be discussed later. And it will help us, it will transform us. And and the Shama, on Ephesus, will be a lot more alive be a lot louder, we better hear it, we better connect with it, and, and everything will change. So essentially, just to recap, well, I'll do the summary. One kind of heartfelt ecstasy is produced by only the con- contemplative conclusion. Such ecstasy is shallow, and it disappears quickly. Yes, if you're just meditating on the, on the result. So what's the lesson? Oh, the Rebbe says that I should go help another Jew. So let me think about how, to, how I can help another Jew. So it's good, do it, but it's, it's, it's not... It's not deep. There's not, there's not so much to hold on to, to grasp onto. Of primary importance is that the essence of the godly light illuminate in one's mind. But the main thing is when you learn chassidus, is learn the chassidus and think about the forest and what, what are we trying to say here? What's the general point? As much as we're discussing a specific issue about the different types of level of love that God has for us versus the different type of level of love that parent have to his child versus the time on Shabbos, but, but don't get caught up in those details and miss the point that, that we're talking about how much God loves us. This is achieved through toyum. The solution is to habituate oneself to deep, concentra- oneself to deep concentrated study. And so the, the trick to helping you is, is practicing this and trying to think about it and trying to learn in that way and practice learning something a few times so you know it well and, and also not just knowing it well, but also like 
understanding what it means in terms of your reality. We'll uh, have a little bit of time. Let's just go ahead a little bit. Yeah. Okay. We're going to start chapter seven. Top of the page 70. Chapter seven. Now he's going to discuss learning deep concepts in Chassidus. That he's saying you don't need to learn deep concepts, you know? And a lot of times in Yeshiva, they learn like these deep maimarim of Ayin base and Samachvav and things like this. But he's saying here, you have to know what you're holding and, and, and stick to things that are more practical, simple, that you can, you can relate to. The purpose of Chassidus is not to understand the different levels in Atzillus and different levels in all the world. The purpose of Chassidus is to change us and to work on ourselves, which is chapter eight that I'm talking about. But that, he's saying, take things that you can, you can connect with. Let's see. This chapter negates starting profound subjects. The foregoing is relevant to the malignant malady that has stricken of late many members of Anash. We find that numerous individuals engaged in the prodigious study of Chassidus, delving into profound subjects as well, exerting themselves to properly comprehend these matters. So there's people that are trying to learn Chassidus and trying to learn deep concepts of Chassidus. And in theory, it's a nice thing they're trying to learn Chassidus, but that's what he says. Incorrect studious efforts. Some focus exclusively on esoteric areas, such as the spiritual planes and that transcend Atzillus. Some people are learning things that talk about, that are above above Atzillus, talking about levels that are above Atzillus, or the quintessence of the infinite light that precedes the Timtum, or they're learning about the level of the, the light that comes before the Timtum, which is like you know deep, high-level concepts and levels in 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 the world. These individuals have no desire to delve into other topics, such as creation ex nihilo. That from Malchus, and but they don't want to learn things about how the world is created from nothing, something to not from nothingness, something. That from Malchus of Atzillus, or from the, the, the Malchus, lost level of Atzillus, the godly life force is transmitted to be out, or how the life force of Atzillus comes down to all the lower worlds, or Mamalika Almin and Cervical Almin, or how God fills all the worlds, or how God is encompasses all the worlds, which is something that we can we can think about and really connect with because we're living in the world. To say nothing regarding of specific levels of BR, and they're talking about any levels in BR, which is the lower world, which is something that we can a lot more understand or relate to. And the concepts associated with the service of the angels in the recital of Kadesh and Baruch and, and, and what the angels are doing, which can help us understand the davening. And the parts of davening talks about this in the Brach is proceeding Shema. And when we, so when we would daven, we'd be able to think about, wow, what does that really mean? Because we we've learned about it. Or the like to do so in their eyes would not constitute intellectual pursuit at all. And they say, ah, this is uh, for simple people. I learned deep in Yonim. And my friend said he learned when you're back in Yeshiva in the first year, and we'll, we'll probably stop here. He said he learned Kuntras Mayan. Kuntras Mayan from the Rabbi Shab. It's, it's a very Aveda It's very, you know, talking about work on yourself and what you need to do. And it's very clear, very down to earth. And so he said, you know, you learn it as a first year Bacha, I think in the Sifta even. So then when you come to Yeshiva, you're like, ah, oh, that's for like, you know, that's for little kids. Oh, for like us, I'm, I'm, I'm mature, I'm older now. I have to learn deep concepts of Chassidus, which is totally not the case. And that's what the Rebbe Shab is saying. And it's interesting because you see the Rebbe Shab has deep memorandum. He has memorandum that I talk about these high levels, but also you have the things that are very down to earth and very practical. And see, he's not saying we shouldn't learn it, but he's saying they exclusively learn it, feeling that they're doing something better than not. And we're going to discuss that. Don't get lost. Because you're gonna like you have to connect it back to your reality and what you're doing, what you're living with, and, and how to how to let it work on yourself and transform yourself. And and if you you could get if you're always learning these high levels, talking about these high levels, you're not like, you know, you're not dealing 
with how it, how it affects itself downhill, how you can relate to it and do something to change yourself and connect to God, then it's a problem. To be continued tomorrow, chapter seven, we have seven, eight, and nine. We're nearly there, we're nearly there. Keep up the good work, everybody. Thank you.